Alright everybody, welcome to the October 4th edition of Cascadian Views. We've started our spooky season. I'm here with Dan and Chris. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. <laughs> uh, today's been weird. I, I felt great about myself. I, I wasn't feeling all doomy. I, I think there might be some assholes next door, but I couldn't prove it, so I can't really be mad about it. I'm just in a great mood. I'm trying to pin down exactly why. Could it be the lack of social media? It is almost certainly the lack of social media. <laughs> Wait, so is next door down too? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That one's still there for when you want to find okay. out which of your neighbors are racist. Right, right. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Facebook has been down for, I believe it's been about 10 hours now. And it's not just Facebook. It is everything Facebook owns. WhatsApp and Instagram and Messenger are included in there. And more than that, it's also Facebook's buildings. Facebook's buildings have crashed. They're, they're physical buildings. Seriously. Oh Seriously. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to talk uh, about this. So what, what we know about this so far comes from two sources, primarily. There is a reporter on the New York Times tech beat who is getting leaks from Facebook employees and has published them as a New York Times article. There is also somebody who goes by the name of Ramen Porn on Reddit who claims to be a Facebook engineer and is posting spookily accurate things. So, And they're lining up with what's letter, uh, later leaked to the New York Times. So I'm willing to believe that this is a Facebook employee is going to be fired here probably shortly. Um <laughs> let's let's trace this back and, and kind of explain everything that's going on. Apparently this morning, about two minutes before the crash happened, a new configuration was pushed to Facebook's peering routers. Uh, Facebook does not connect to the internet like you or I connect to the internet. They they peer their network in as a one of the fundamental building blocks that make up the internet, you know, like an ISP would or a backbone provider. Uh, two minutes after this configuration goes live, all of Facebook's networks go dark to the internet. There's a, a fundamental break. It seems to be primarily in the DNS servers, uh, but something goes wrong. Everything on Facebook's side shuts off to the, the wider network. Uh, Facebook realizes this pretty quick, uh, and they want to roll back the configuration to the last working one uh, because you are never supposed to deploy to production systems. You you always test. You never deploy live. I don't know why somebody <laughs> did this. Uh, the problem is Facebook's networking folks work remotely and had upgraded up, uh, uploaded the configuration through the router's web interface. Guess what doesn't work now that Facebook is invisible to the wider internet? The web interface for the router. Uh, so now Facebook has to try and connect the people who know how the routers work and how to write this configuration with the people physically at the building who can, you know, jack into the router with a serial cable. Uh, here comes a further problem. So Facebook's building, uh, like, security ID systems for how they badge through doors are internet connected. Um, Facebook is no longer on the internet. <laughs> Meaning nobody's badge will authenticate, and they are locked out of the server rooms. Oh, oh goddamn! So that happened about yeah four hours ago at this point. I presume that somebody has managed to literally throw a chair through a window or something, because Facebook is now kind of sporadically online over the last thirty minutes or so. Little little pieces and chunks of Facebook are coming online. 
Uh, yeah, send, Ken is periodically sending me text messages about Tiger King, so I assume, yeah, they're at least getting some of the pipe back up. But yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a terrifying lesson in this. <laughs> there's, there's several terrifying lessons in this. First of all, don't deploy to a production system until you've tested everything <laughs> i don't know why facebook decided to just go live with this uh second of all if your security system is online only you should have a backup there should be some way that doesn't depend on the computers to get in right like a key maybe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and also as much as we like remote work maybe have at least one person on site at the data center who has a ccnp or something like that who can act as a, a fail-safe if everything else goes wrong. Wow. God damn. And Facebook was already actually having a really bad day. <laughs> yeah. It just prompted some conspiracy theories, from what I understand. Right. That involved, like, the whistleblower from over the weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Revealed on 60 Minutes last night, Sunday night. Mm -hmm. uh, in that case, the whistleblower was saying that uh, Facebook consistently put corporate profits ahead of you know, civic responsibility. She was the head of, what was she the head of? I, I think civic engagement or something like that right. on Facebook. Yeah, it was a fairly high-ranking employee. It wasn't just like a yeah. random person. Yeah. I mean, that's very much a no-shit shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation, but... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's one of those things where we all knew it, but... <laughs> yeah. It's something else to have the uh, official Some confirmation, of the documentation. Yeah. So when I went to high school, there was a lot of dot-com money flowing around. And, and Cisco literally had paid, well, Dan and I's high school. Chris, I don't believe you went to the same one. But our high school, a, a boatload of cash to host a, a class called Cisco Networking Academy. You took yeah. semesters A and B at JHS. You took semesters C and D at UAS. And at oh, the end wow. of it, you got your, your CCNA certificate, Cisco Certified Network Associates. Literally every problem that went on here today was something that was touched on that I learned in a class that taught me industry best practices when I was 17. I don't know how a company that is so foundational to, like, the internet infrastructure as Facebook did any of the shit. I really yeah. can't. To, to the point where... If I did not fundamentally know the hubris and incompetence of people in the tech industry, because for a few years I myself was in the tech industry, I would totally believe in these conspiracy theories. But I can also 100% believe that the godlike tech bro who writes code does not give two shits about what the network administrator guy is telling him about the 40-year-old router that is running everything. So, you know, half a dozen of one, six of the other... Something yeah. something went on. It could either be massive incompetence on Facebook's part, or it, it could be them trying to distract people. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the bad day they were already having on NASDAQ doesn't get better when your whole service goes down. But Somebody said Zuckerberg <laughs> lost $7 billion today. <laughs> <laughs> that is an expensive day for him. Better hit the dog track. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. He's only got about a hundred billion left. He can bet it all on black. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Uh so 
this episode is going to be kind of weird. We usually use Facebook to put together what we're going to talk about. Now, now we don't really know. <laughs> there's, there's just been so much, so... I don't know, okay, you guys want to talk about uh, North Dakota, Frisky Gnome? Oh, that was the, the Corey Lewandowski stuff, right? What was going on there, or was that something else? That was something else. Several okay. things. I, I mean, that is a thing, too. With her, yeah. So, so, for the 30,000-foot the overview here, um, the state regulator in charge of regulating realtors uh, had denied a permit for Christy Gnome's daughter. Uh, at which point Christy Nome stepped in, had a meeting with the guy. Suddenly, the permit is approved. He's stepping down and taking a, uh, I think, five-figure sum, maybe it was six-figure sum, to uh, just not talk about anything anymore. <laughs> to to resign, go away, and be quiet. Uh, this has raised a bunch of suspicion. Uh, there is also, in the middle of this, I, I do think this is where the Lewandowski rumors might have come in, um, there's a tabloid now saying that she's also having a relationship with some sort of former Trump aide and cheating on some dude or, or something like that. Uh, I don't know if that's been confirmed. But there's now apparently about to be an investigation into her over this by her attorney general, who is himself currently going on trial for uh, killing a dude <laughs> that he ran over while drunk driving and oh, just guy, drove yes. away from. <laughs> And is probably going to have to resign himself from state government in about a month. So. Well, hey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots going on in there. Lots to unpack. Uh, she's very much defending herself uh, and saying, you know, I didn't do anything wrong under state law. And my daughter's a great realtor and blah, blah, blah. Right. Okay, then. Yeah, so I think the... The Lewandowski thing is a lot of people think it's plausible. And when it first came up, she absolutely denied like having any connection with him. Like, I don't know him. Who is he? Never heard of him. What is the letter L? I've never even heard the letter L before. <laughs> Who is uh, he? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm confused here because this is not the only Lewandowski story we can talk about this week, by the way. Right. Which right. is why I think I was like, uh, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue, but, Chris. Uh, she did a second take after that where she said, okay, well, I was doing some work with him. You know, we were consulting on something, and I'm now disavowing myself from that work because of the other story that we <laughs> talked about shortly. Right. So, I mean, it very quickly went from, like, absolutely no connection to was working with him, no connection now. Right. Please go yeah. away, Chris. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. And yeah, I do believe actually Lundowski is the target of the affair rumors that uh, right. she was involved with him. Just going wonderfully up there. The other part of the Lewandowski story is that he's now been cut out of Trump world for the second time. Yes, that's right. God, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Trump fired him as chief of staff while he was president. Somehow Lewandowski wormed his way back in. Now he's been let go from the pack, uh, largely because he threatened the money by sexually harassing donors. Uh, and I don't just mean, like, saying crude things. There's reports that he was, you know, groping and, and molesting women uh, who were supposed to be there to donate to the Trump pack. Right. No, I mean, they were actually – wasn't the woman – I think one woman was filing charges or something, wasn't she? Or at least yeah. 
Yeah, trying yeah. to. Yeah. You got to get the DA on board to actually file charges. It's not a private citizen thing. But yeah, she's she's trying mm-hmm. to work into his custody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the wife of like, she she was there as the wife of a prominent donor. Right. Just good grief. He's he's a real animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Where could he have learned that that kind of behavior is okay? (laughs) So mysterious. No idea. You know, it must have been from rap music or something. Not okay for you, Corey. It's okay for the boss. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, just absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. The uh, yeah, it's not even like this. You know, there's rumors, there's buzz, there's like, there are multiple people who were there that night who were like, we tried to pull him away. She asked for help. He threw a drink in her face. It's yeah, outrageous. Yeah. The. Uh... The Trumps, I guess, I don't know if it was pre-planned, but decided to use this to kind of relaunch the pack as Make America Great Again Again. That was the joke that we had all made, and turns out they're running with it. It is the MAGA pack. (laughs) MAGA. Yeah, Trump also made a bit of news over the weekend. Um, Basically... Talking, I believe he was talking to Fox, but they asked him about DeSantis running, and he said, well, if I run, you know, I expect the rest of the field will clear out. And they went on to ask the obvious follow-up, like, well, what if it doesn't? He says, I'll beat him. <laughs> so that's a pretty clear shot across. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's not wrong. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I can't. My my assumption. I'd be interested to hear what you guys think, but my kind of baseline assumption at this point is that he is running again because he literally is not egoically capable of not. Yeah. <laughs> and that if he does run, he'll be the nominee because there's a lot of people in the party who would prefer someone else, but he just needs to have a plurality. He just doesn't have anything else to do. Yeah. There's a, a couple of people on the Republican side who aren't, like, super into the Trump world, so I don't know how much they actually know, but they're basically saying they they can't imagine him being healthy enough to run for president in the next four years. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, he doesn't look well whenever you see him turn up. Yeah. Uh, obese, nearly octogenarian. Yeah not in great shape i mean and not to cast this in a or to explicitly not cast this in a partisan manner but a lot of the same concerns about biden like both of them are fucking ancient yeah also Uh, true also true (laughs) yeah yeah it is a concern definitely if we uh, want to talk about redistricting a little bit, Colorado's final maps have come out, and they are uh, not great. I'll just no. say that. No, they kind of suck. Yeah. Uh, it makes a, a pretty decent chance in an evenly split congressional delegation, even though the state is 
well, pretty overwhelmingly Democratic at this point and only getting more so. Uh, yeah. Democrats won by, I think, 20% statewide or close to it. Uh, and it's going to have a, at most, one-seat Democratic lean, uh, but there's a distinct possibility it's a, a real split 50-50. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah, I think there's, what, four safe Democratic seats, three safe Republican, and a swing seat that uh, actually kind of leans a little bit Republican, I think, actually, is the tilt. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, and they they seem to primarily uh, promote protecting incumbents. Basically, every one of the uh, the incumbents around Denver's districts got safer for them. Whatever party they they were in, they even shored up uh, Bobert a bit by uh, yeah. by a good five percent in her district. Yeah, there was all this drama around it, and then it just <clears throat> went a wet fart at the end. Yeah. Thank goodness for Oregon. <laughs> yeah, Oregon turned out all right. I kind of. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get too. screwed, but Republicans may end up being the one who gains that seat. I, I don't think it will be because you know Schrader's pretty good at what he does. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's a real chance Oregon got one seat and the Republicans took the total from one to two here. I I thought it was bullshit. I thought Kotech should have stuck to her guns. He was going to strip the Republicans out of the process completely and let her do that. And if the Republicans run away to fucking Idaho again, let the Supreme Court draw the seat. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I think at least for now, Schrader should hold on to it unless 22 is absolutely goddamn brutal. Which it but could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. That's a dark thought. <laughs> I I got some real amusement out of the West Virginia plans. I don't know if you guys saw me post that picture, but there's apparently 12 different versions of the plan floating around the West Virginia State House to cut the state up. In not one damn single case doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. Each of those each of those districts are going to be like Republican plus 30. There's no way to carve the state in half to get you Anything even, like, within 15 points of a Democratic district, there is zero concern about this at all, and yet they cannot seem to figure out how to do it. They are running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Twelve plans. Oof. Yeah. It just amuses me how much time could be wasted. <laughs> just draw a line down the middle of the state, man. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Nobody's going to complain. Just cut it in half. It'll be a white supremacist from this half and a white supremacist <laughs> yeah. from this half. Yeah, there's no... they're gonna no, love coal. There's no substantive coal. way and you can cut this up to have it anything but two of the Trumpiest districts in the entire country. There's just no way to do it, so why are you carrying yourself in knots trying to figure out the best way? Just just put a line right down the middle. You're done. Eventually, one of them's gonna take out Mansion, so... You know, but yeah... <laughs> as long as we're thinking dark. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Uh, Texas, meanwhile, also seems to have uh, gotten a little bit scarier. Their uh, 
They're moving to try and screw the uh, the Democrats a little bit. They're trying to take away a seat. Yeah. Uh, I, I do see that in the amended plan that they put up, they, they pull back on that a little bit, and they go back to giving Austin a, a deep, deep blue district instead of trying to carve it up six ways. But uh, for a while, they're thinking about it, and I guess there's still a lot of momentum in the state house itself to uh to try and go that way so it's kind of the smarter longer term thinking heads of the party trying to talk down the the maga wings and just going all out and drawing themselves a bunch of you know plus six suburban districts that flip away from them in a few years yeah yeah i mean i'm sure they gotta think it through a little bit but hmm <sighs> Any other redistricting of note? Um, I guess one of the ones that's gone kind of sideways is Virginia, which has, uh, I guess they'd passed an amendment a few years ago for a commission, but the commission just doesn't work. So it's this bipartisan commission that requires them all to get uh, some kind of unanimous <laughs> or super majority agreement. And I guess the expectation is now it looks like that's just not going to work, so it's going to end up getting all thrown to the Supreme Court. So that's been going round and round in circles and just going absolutely nowhere. So that's one to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, there's also some concern that Democrats are going to lose the House of Delegates in Virginia as yeah. well, I'd seem. So. Definitely worth watching, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would we'll know sooner. Yeah, that's next month. We're gonna know that frighteningly soon. And yeah. I'm, you know, I am not expecting McAuliffe to lose, but it is not looking impossible either. Mm -hmm. He's got about like a three point lead at this point, which, depending on uh, variable enthusiasm, could be right in the margin of something scary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it's basically impossible for Democrats to lose at the statewide level in Virginia at this point. I, I don't, however, feel the same way about the legislative chamber. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's impossible for them to lose if they show up. I, it's just so much of that state's population is now the D.C. suburb. It's now northern Virginia. That's, that's all happened in the last 20 years. Like, it used to be, you know tree-covered shady suburbs and shit. Even even places like the Pentagon uh, out there in, in Alexandria and whatnot. Uh, these were relatively small suburbs, like 30,000, 50,000 people or whatnot. Uh, and then D.C. has just grown so much in the last couple decades, two, three decades, that those places are now like universally cities of like 250,000 people. It's It's overwhelming how much of the population is now weighted in, in northern Virginia that didn't used to be the case and I, I just I don't no matter what the numbers are in the rest of the state I don't really think that it's possible for Republicans to overcome that anymore. it hasn't yeah. been for a good 12 years or so and they've grown and they've increasingly turned that Blue. demographic yeah. yeah exactly turned it democratic so hopefully that sticks, and hopefully we yeah have an election that's more like 2017 and not so much like yeah 2009. So yeah, we'll see. I get, yeah, very soon. 
Damn, sir. Yeah. New York's also looking fantastic for the Democrats in redistricting. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, are two maps being proposed. Uh, one they call the Names Plan and one they call the Letters Plan. The Names Plan aims to look at incumbents in their districts and draw districts around them. The Letters Plan I think draw around the parties basically mm -hmm. uh, at least if I'm following that right I might be completely off right now um, sounds that sounds like a good kind of I think that sounds like the concepts yeah I think you got yeah. it uh, and it, it screws the Republicans anywhere between two and five seats so basically depending on which one you land on yeah so so looking good there mm -hmm. which we may need as an offset for other states yeah I mean, the general story, I think, that seems to be emerging is that they had maxed out really hard in 2010. And I think there's there are gains that they can still ring out of certain states, but there's not as much more, I think, as a lot of people were afraid of. At least that's what we can hope. And there are still some gains that we can get out of places, again, like, yeah, like New York, like Illinois, because it's not really a game that we have played, except in a few states like maybe Maryland. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is something that we're trying for the very first time, really. There's also an interesting undercurrent where a lot of the Congressional Black Caucus is now very concerned about how overwhelmingly black their district is. Yeah. In, in the past, that used to be a sign of solidarity. Now they're looking at it as a way to like confine the black people to the the black people seat, uh, yep. and and a form of discrimination where now they're actually wanting to lower the blackness of their districts from you know eighty nine or ninety percent down to you know like sixty percent, kind of spread that that African American urban population out a little bit more, which is you know. Ironically, probably going to increase the influence of the Congressional Black Caucus if they manage to swing that. Yeah, I mean, because they realize it's diluted their power, actually, mm -hmm. <laughs> having it so concentrated like this. So, yeah, they're kind of waking yeah. up to that. And, and yeah. getting them on board and not advocating for uh, nearly as many overwhelmingly black districts helps out a lot in just the overall party Um, I know Michigan's plan is is potentially coming under some uh, some issues as well, and that uh, Democrats aren't looking to pick up nearly as many seats as they were hoping, because they were they were going to use the chance that they have to jettison a district to basically redraw the straight uh, state and hopefully create a couple more Democratic districts, especially uh, ones in East Michigan uh, where there's a, a few college towns they could clump together and pretty easily get. Uh, Democratic-leaning district, it looks like they're uh, they're not going to do that so much. Yeah. I mean, from what I understand, it's really hard to do that anyhow with just the way voters are distributed in Michigan. And, it, I mean, they don't really have that much control over the Michigan process anyhow. Isn't it like a nonpartisan commission or something? Or Yeah, but they're they release them to the uh, the legislature and the legislature gets like a stamp of approval that can then be overridden by some other bid. It's a complicated process. And well, I mean, the, the legislature is Republican, isn't it? 
Yes, yes it is. Yeah. I mean, the governor's a Democrat, but, mm. yeah. Governor also has a veto point in the process. Yeah. It is, so. it is frustrating to me how complicated some of these things get where you have, like, multiple competing checks and balances where anybody can shut it down if they really want to. I... I really do prefer the idea of, like, a, I don't know if a citizen's commission, per se, but some sort of independent body gets to, like, from on high, hand down holy maps, and you either take it to court or you accept it. Yeah. I mean, what we ended up with in, like, yeah, Pennsylvania and eventually North Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This whole thing where, like, the state legislature gets to say no if they want to, the governor gets to say no if they want to, like... At any of these points, there's a, a choke point that you just shut the whole thing down. It's it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any anything else on your mind? Uh, well, we could talk infrastructure because you can always talk infrastructure. <laughs> God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> we'll be old fucking men. <laughs> Still talk infrastructure. <laughs> Social Security Check's going to come with an announcement about Infrastructure Week. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, no shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, what's going on with Infrastructure, Chris? What's going on? Well, let's see. I mean, the latest is, um, you know, there had actually been, before they went on break, there'd been a commitment in the House to hold a vote on the bipartisan bill with a set date and with the understanding that, you know, reconciliation would be moving along. And now that reconciliation is really not moving along, um, (laughs) the progressives are digging in their heels, and I don't think wrongly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. To make sure they don't get screwed in the process. And Pelosi is actually leaning on the moderates, kind of knock some of them loose um but yeah it's all up to kirsten and joe (laughs) and it's weird because joe joe is definitely holding up the process but he's trying to be kind of cheerful about it um he had a a bit in the the party lunch this week about how you can buy a lot for 1.5 trillion dollars like trying to sell people on a smaller price tag and what they can actually get for it and know how to meet such and such and such priorities, whereas Sinema's just kind of throwing up the middle finger and, like, strutting yeah. around. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I think Manchin is blocking this bill 100%. I'm not trying to paint him as a good guy. But he, he's at least, like, trying to get everybody together on one team, even if it's his team and he's not going over to the other team. Sinema is just, it seems, intentionally trying to piss off everybody. Well, I mean, and he's put out a number. It's it's not a great number, but he's put out a number. He's put out an idea of how it would be funded. We still really have no idea what's on her mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not even a bit. I have no idea what the fuck she's trying to – I mean, well, I'm, I'm swearing a lot, but I have no idea where <laughs> she's coming from or where she's trying to end up. It seems completely nonsensical, you know, of what this plan is and how it seems to end with her still being a senator four years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Kristen Sinema was in the Green Party? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just 
just imagine the political journey she's been on. Yeah, it, it just makes no sense. That was one of the other stories of the past week is that um, people started surfacing the Twitter version of the political journey she's been on. In response, she started scrubbing old tweets. Oh, she did, huh? She finally, <laughs> like, oh, wait. <laughs> this is embarrassing. The protesters yeah. got uh, super stupid. They did the one thing that is going to make Sunima look like a victim. They, they followed her into a fucking women's bathroom at the university. Mm-hmm. While she locked herself in a stall, and they all camped out with video cameras pointed at it. Like, why go in there after? As somebody on Twitter said, she's not going to fucking live in there. She'll be out. Like, there's only one door to the place. Just post up in front of it. Why'd you go into the bathroom with her? Well, I mean, was there a window? She might have gone out the window. It's, I don't know. How many colleges have you been into that have a bathroom window? <laughs> Yeah, no, it, uh... Yeah. She also got uh, harassed on a plane, which is far more acceptable than the bathroom. That that one was cool. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mind people seeing the anger that their actions cause. The, the bathroom stunt was just a little bit too far. She looks like a bitch running, and I don't want to use gendered language when it's actually a woman. She looks like a weenie when she runs into the bathroom like that. You look like, you know, big and powerful. As soon as you run in there after her, you look like an unhinged psycho. <laughs> I, I don't know what compelled them to do that, but but hey. Well, they're young. Uh, if we want to talk about international news, I don't think we ever finished talking about the German election, which... It's probably not over until December, but in the end of the day, the uh, SPD, the uh, Social Democratic Party, did end up with a small win over the CDU. So it, it looks like the next chancellor will be from the SPD. It's been a long time since that's happened. Yeah. yeah. Very long time. Nearly 20 years. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. The coalition talks are going to be interesting. Um, there is increasing talk that D. Linky is going to be part of the government in some form. That is an unusual step in German politics. I know we talked about this in the Facebook group for a little bit, but D. Linke is not just, you know, some party in Germany. It is the legal continuation of the Communist Party of East Germany, uh, which which held one of the most frightening dictatorships uh, in the world for 40 years, which is why they had been largely blackballed out of electoral politics. Uh, I, I guess the thinking in Germany at this point is that it's been, you know, 30 years since any of those people were in charge, and everybody in the party today is younger and not at all associated with the East German regime. So it's becoming more acceptable to the point where I guess there is some official talks going on between the SPD, the Greens, and D-Linke in terms of whether or not they get to come in. Hmm. That's interesting. I guess I'd seen that the Greens and FDP were talking first, but... Huh. Yeah, the the FDP, the Free Democratic Party of Germany, is the German yeah. Liberal Party, uh, which right. is liberal in the European context and not how we usually use it in America to mean left-wing. Uh, right. Liberal in European politics refers to personal freedoms. It can range anything from 
you know, actual what we would call Democrats to libertarians, just people who believe that personal freedom should form the basis of any state. Right. They tend to be capitalists as opposed to, you know, places like or parties like the Linke, who are much more expressly socialist regime. They believe the state shouldn't get involved necessarily in, in managing people who want to start businesses or whatnot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The what the Germans call the natural alignment of their politics um, for the last like fifty years or so, ever since the seventies, the FDU, uh, FDP, the Free Democrats have basically partnered up with the uh, Conservative Party, the Christian Democratic Party. Uh, before that, they used to kind of flip flop between the two because they always made up the balance of power in Parliament. So they just give the party that would get them what they wanted, the, uh, the premiership. Uh, but after they kind of firmly settled up with the CDU, the Greens, uh, who had been pretty radical when they got into the German parliament, like everybody around them wearing suits, and these guys are wearing like hand-knitted sweaters and stuff, like literal fucking hippies sitting in the middle of, of the Bundestag. Uh, they had been kind of made fun of by everybody else. Nobody took them seriously, and then after the FDP partnered up with the CDU more or less permanently, the the SDP was left without, you know, a little buddy, a little partner. Uh, and they, they got the Greens on their side. So the Red-Green Alliance, the SPD and the uh, Greens versus the uh, CDU and the FDP had become kind of the natural breakdown of, of how things went, uh, at least until... Recently, because there's been an explosion of minor parties in a way that there hadn't been in German uh, politics before, and now there's a bunch of little parties in Parliament, and things got realigned a little bit. Uh, in either case, though, we'll see Angela Merkel out of the world stage for the first time in, God, like 20 years, 15 years, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah, one of the longest-serving world leaders of the, the modern era, and as Dan said, the, the interim leader of the free world for a few years. <laughs> Someone had to take the reins while we had uh, abdicated. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else? Anything going on in Washington? Mm. Uh, not at the moment. Nothing come to mind. You know, we've got, let's see here, uh, we've got the Seattle general election still a month out. Still, I think we, we'll probably have to do a little bit more of an in-depth on that here soon, but I can't think of a whole lot going on, at least in that specifically right now. So maybe we'll do more on that before before that comes to a head. Absolutely, and I still am really curious about the uh, city attorney race up there. Yeah. I guess the uh, that's going to pretty much do it for us, I suppose, then. Is there anything anybody else wants to talk about, since I don't have a list to go off of? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will briefly mention that um, one thing we've got going on is that our Republican governor, who had been very popular and also doing very well with COVID is now coming under some heat. Um, basically, the uh, Vermont administration, which had been totally on top of COVID, 
is now just kind of doing a lot of, you know, local school districts should do what they want. We'll consider X, Y, Z, but um, not doing the kind of like thorough measures that they did before, not doing the kind of constant updates that they did before. And it really seems a lot like he'd, once he set the, um, you know, we'll be back to normal by the summer, and we were briefly back to normal during the summer, <laughs> he doesn't want to go back to abnormal now. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, how have, uh, you guys had really you know, kind of aggressively lowered your case counts and things like that, and you yeah. know, probably had the closest thing to normal. I mean, where what's the status out there now? I mean, is it getting bad again or what yeah our numbers have actually been higher than they were at any point in the fall or winter oh that is no i mean that's kind of turning back to the status pretty much everywhere else then i guess yeah kind of mm, so you're not immune you don't have a secret sauce (laughs) we don't not even the basis Everybody yeah. lives about a mile and a half away from everybody else. <laughs> I mean, that helps, right? Yeah. Per capita, we're still really low. Yeah. <coughs> you have natural social distance. We're much higher than we had been earlier. Mm-hmm. How are your hospitals holding up? Pretty good. They never really got that kind of saturation. Mm-hmm. Ours are, are kind of screwed. Um met a lot of National Guard troops who are staffing the hospitals here in Portland over the last couple weeks. Um, a lot of them come through work. Uh, Idaho has gone into crisis standards of care and are basically shuttling patients over to Washington and Oregon who are uh, both not all that happy to take them because Idaho yeah. is not had any sort of mass mandate or done anything to you know prevent this and our hospitals are already pretty close to the breaking point. Uh, and so, you know, Kind of angry about that. There was a front page New York Times article yesterday in their Sunday edition about uh, several patients in Alaska that were, well, basically their death was decided by a doctor because of a lack of dialysis machines or ICU beds or things like that. Um, they, they highlighted seven cases. Uh, probably the most haunting to me was fact that covid typically causes a lot of kidney damage causing dialysis needs and well they had one dialysis machine for two different people uh and they had to decide which one got to live because they both needed constant dialysis uh yeah yeah really really not happy stuff um so we're not doing too great out west (laughs) really not Good to hear that you're doing better than that. <laughs> All right. Well, on that wonderfully happy and positive note, I think that's going to just about do it for us this week. Hopefully we'll have Facebook back. I don't know what to do without it. <laughs> I can't plan anything, apparently. At least back for a few hours before the next <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'll set up a, a share Google Doc and send you guys all an invite just as a failsafe next time. <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you next week, guys. All right. Next week, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.